Welcome to Uptech Report series on AI. I'm Alexander Ferguson. For our third series of deep dive interviews, I sat down with Rhett Crocker, CEO and CTO of Udo in Raleigh, North Carolina. Rhett has designed and developed over 100 games for mobile devices, personal computers, and video game consoles. He's also invented multiple programming languages, game engines, and multi-user content. And he's created innovative software technologies in fields ranging from speech synthesis to advert gaming to collaborative education. In the first part of our conversation, I asked Rhett about the power of AI, the different facets of artificial intelligence, and how it's evolved over time. I start by asking Rhett one simple but important question. What is AI to you? A loaded term uh, that doesn't mean very much. Uh, I think that uh, most people that use the term artificial intelligence are using it um, uh, not disingenuously, but uh, certainly it's marketing more than anything else. To me, there are certain very specific technologies, some of the the, the deep learning stuff that Google's done and, uh, you know, um, uh, some stuff being done here locally that is really some fundamental, in, fundamentally interesting math and, like, good core computer science. But really, I mean, it's interesting. Our particular uses for it are um, – uh, for example, are almost all just pretty much stats 101. It's basic uh, regression analysis with, yeah, we use some neural networks here and there, but, you know, that's not, you know, that's not that hard. <laughs> um, but a lot of people that are like, oh, yeah, AI this, AI that, they really are just uh, using it for marketing purposes. The real key, like if I really truly had to define it and wanted to be um, not sort of making fun of that, uh, is trying to use um, a number of different machine-based techniques to try and predict outcomes. Um, and that's – if you can do that well, it's very valuable. Um, but there's a ton of problems with doing it well. For a while there, people were calling it predictive analytics and um, and not using the AI term, uh, which I kind of preferred. Um the predictive is also a bit of a loaded term. Uh, nobody really uses it anymore because it, well, a variety of reasons. But um, there's no question, though, that you can do some pretty interesting, um, pretty straightforward statistical modeling that gets you interesting results. What are some interesting examples of AI that you've seen in business and everyday life? The examples of that are really the predictive type functionality where you're saying, I don't know how much John Smith is going to spend at my veterinary clinic next year, um, but I can build a model, uh, a statistical model that makes sense, that, um, that tells me with some degree of confidence that that's how much they're going to spend next year. But the you know, real case is probably something that, is, um, that we're using every day. Google Maps, when you ask it for um, the location of the, you know, the local movie theater, is basically doing sort of AI work, particularly since you didn't, write, you didn't type in the exact name of that particular movie theater. Google's AI had to say, well, that thing that you wrote is probably, I'm predicting that it is this particular movie theater, and so I'm going to give you that address. Think back to the beginning days of email. Um, 
we had to train our email programs to recognize spam. So we'd see, oh, look, there's another email that mentions Viagra. This is spam. Click that button, and you're basically training a little AI that's in your email program what you think spam is. And your version of spam and my version of spam might be different. They're probably the same. They are now because Google solved that problem for all of us, and we all have the same spam filter. Um, but really, that little Bayesian algorithm there, that's AI, straight up, because it is, I mean, it's just doing statistical analysis. How does artificial intelligence power modern consumer technologies such as Siri, Alexa, or Google Assistant? So first off, there's sort of two categories of those, right? So category number one is the Alexas of this world. Those are effectively um, uh, the same or slightly advanced versions of the um, uh, text adventure games from the 80s, right? Uh and, you know, you basically say, you know, look, do- look at door, you know, go east, um, pick up, you know, sword, whatever. Um, those are – that's basically what Alexa does. It is a programming language disguise with a voice interface. And it is – so you have to speak the exact incantation in order to trigger Alexa and have it go do something. Um, Siri and um, uh, Google's assistant, they call it nowadays, um, they're different. And, and IBM Watson, the, some of the stuff they're doing there is different. They're single sort of um, state versions of that where they can answer a thing at a time. Occasionally, they can rem- contain and hold some context and be able to answer more things. Like you can say, you know, uh, I, I don't know. Um, what appointments do I have on Thursday? Um, uh, isn't there one uh, that takes place in Chapel Hill? And it says, oh, I w- the context was appointments, now I'm, so I'm only going to look on appointments on Thursday, so I'm only going to look through appointments on Thursday. Whereas many of them can say, do versions of, I mean, you do can do this quite easily, um, uh, give me all the appointments on Thursday that are in Chapel Hill. Done. That's a multi multiple variable problem, um, but that's all one problem. The real, the real tra- challenge is multiple problems s- connected together, um, which is part of what we were trying to build. And, and you can do that with Udo quite easily, um, but you end up having to do it in this query language that's effectively JavaScript um, uh, or a very, very, very light version of JavaScript. Um, but st- so that's too technical. How do you define the different facets of AI? I I think there's probably too many to list because um, there's a, I mean, if we just look at the, the, like, language part of it, um, that's probably, you know, 10 different sub-disciplines right there. I mean, there's speech synthesis. I mean, nowadays, Google and Siri, um, they generate the voice that you hear. It's not some recording of a human. Um, that, and they do that through deep learning. Um, there's um, under underneath it all is the deep learning stuff to begin with, you know, um, which there's that's a broad category, too. There's like a bunch of different types of that. Um, there's natural language generation, figuring out what to say. There's you know, the understanding piece of it and the sort of context piece is is completely not fully solved. I thought it would be, as I said earlier, um, but uh, it's pretty amazing to me, you know, how many different sub-disciplines there are just for that piece. I, I was There was a company I was looking at earlier today. 
I can't remember their name off the top of my head, but they had a chief language officer. Um, they're AI related and they 100% have somebody whose sole dedicated purpose is language. And it's not surprising. What were your early impressions of artificial intelligence? How have these changed since then? So game development inherently has sort of an AI problem, particularly if you're doing single-player games. Uh, so I've built a number of AIs over the years, um, with always with the same sort of principles that I used with have used with Udo, which is um, if you're... Um, Building an AI for a game, you actually don't want to make it too smart. You, you. There's a, a friend of mine, um, uh, one of the original co-founders of of Udo, long, long ago, uh, a guy named Richard Richard Harris. He's in Scotland. Um, uh, he and I and Frank Bozeman, who is the other sort of technical co-founder, I guess. Uh, the three of us um, had decided we wanted to do something. We started meeting in various cities around the world and brainstorming ideas and stuff like that. And there's a phrase he used to describe you to at one point that I think is just brilliant, and it sort of goes back to the way I thought of AI in back when I did games, uh, which is um, uh, not artificial intelligence um, designed stupidity. Um, you basically allow in games, what that means is that you're, you make it basic, insanely basic, it just knows how to I am enemy, I run towards bad guy or the player, and I shoot. That's all I do. And then what ends up happening is the human, because we're sort of narrative beasts, we um, apply our own narrative to it, and we, we imbue them with thinking, even though they don't actually do anything that intelligent. They're just running at you and shooting. Um, but because of the fact that they've got a few like things where they like a little bit of randomness, it makes us think, oh, they're ducking and dodging and, you know. All that. There are definitely um, approaches that people are using now that um, were basically discarded many, many years ago. I mean, neural networks to a certain degree are an example of that because, um, you know, we're sort of in the, the right place, right time because we have um, uh, processing power to spare. Mm. We have a lot of processing power anyway. We have a massive amount of memory structures. We have cloud-based computing. There's all these technologies that allow us to do the things we do. I used to say when I was first trying to introduce Udo to people and, you know, with all the connected APIs and everything, when somebody like a VC in particular would say, oh, yeah, well, why now? Why this? You know, what, you know, all that. Um, the answer is... A, because you couldn't do it 10 years ago because cloud-based computing didn't exist, APIs to a large degree didn't exist, at least in the form they were then. Uh, and and then, you know, the, the bigger thing is like some of the core um, techniques uh, that we used to build you didn't exist. That concludes the audio version of this episode. To see the original and more, visit our Uptech Report YouTube channel. If you know a tech company we should interview, you can nominate them at uptechreport.com. Or if you just prefer to listen, make sure you subscribe to this series on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcasting app.